three. You're talking two. to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. Shatter alive, you are coming with me. And I did what I had to do to win, but somebody wouldn't let us win. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top, oh yeah. What are you trying to tell me? That I can dodge bullets? No, Neil. I'm trying to tell you that when you're ready, <clears throat> you won't have to. Hey guys, welcome back to License to View. This is a weekly pop culture podcast where two best friends get the top of pop culture news here on the internet. I'm Jason. That's Zach. What's going on, man? Uh, you know, um, I mean, we've talked about it a lot this week, but I feel like we were missed if we didn't at least mention it in the show, even though we've extensively talked about it. But I mean, this is a sad week, Jason. Why is that? Creator of Berserk, Kento mm. Miura, uh, passed away. On, uh, well, I guess technically he passed away like two or three weeks ago, but yeah. uh, the news came out late Thursday night, Friday morning, um, or was it Wednesday night, Thursday morning? Something like that. I mean, they're a day ahead of us, right? Or day after yeah, us? Yeah, I think so. They're a day ahead of us, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, one of the greatest to ever do it is, uh, is gone. So that's yeah. I don't know. It's been tough kind of deal with that. I list I rewatched both of the I think I talked to you about like two of the videos that I really liked about the Berserk retrospective, which was like Super Eye Patch Wolves and then um and then uh another YouTuber I watch who's not as big as him, but um I like the quality of his videos a lot. Um he's called Beyond Ghibli. He did one on and I rewatched his, and I, it's not as much of a, because Super Eye Patch Wolves is definitely like a why you should like read or watch Berserk. Right. And Beyond Ghibli's is more about like a retrospective on specifically like all the d- different adaptations that Berserk has had. He goes through like all the animes, and then he goes through all the video games that Berserk's had too, and like their shortfalls and like what they get right and like that kind of thing. Um, mm. So that was interesting to see too. Um, to go through all those again. Um, now I just want to buy the deluxe editions, dude. <laughs> it's funny. Cause I had them and I sold, I sold the first three cause I sold them. And I was like, because I, it's never going to finish. Yeah. So I didn't want to keep buying these deluxes and they're nice, but like, it's never going to finish. And now it's like, well, will it, will it ever finish? Who knows? You know? And, um, know. as a fan, and we've said before on this podcast a thousand times, we are not Berserk purists. We yeah. never pretend to be. We enjoy it, but we also don't, you know, um, uh, what's the word? Like, we're not, like, obsessed with it, you know? Mm. We, we enjoy it. We like it. We know that it's good, but we also acknowledge things that we don't like in it. It's the kind of stuff yeah. like that. Um, so for the guy, to, for, for him to pass away, or it's such a seminal manga a seminal comic book you know you know for sure that even though it's not talked about in in the west in terms of uh fiction like novels it's impossible to pretend like he hasn't influenced some 
fantasy authors. Like, it's impossible. Yeah. If, if it's, like, not A Song of Ice and Fire, like, it's probably a combination between Game of Thrones, between Berserk, and, like, all kind mm-hmm. of stuff that... In, this new wave of you know grim darky fantasy novels that are are popular yeah. i can't not imagine that miro's work at some sense influenced people yeah. you know and it, it blows that we've talked about how it's never going to finish as a joke yeah and, and now, now it's, it's kind of like reality yeah. it's kind of like yeah will it will it actually ever finish and that's it's hard because people want to in re- you you want to care about the man, obviously. Yeah. That's why they took so long to announce it because it's you no know, family. Yeah. But as as readers, your your go to reaction is like, okay, well, what about the story? And I think yeah. a lot of people on YouTube who are kind of in the anime community like took that as like take that as like a um, oh you this not the right time to be worrying about that like if it's gonna finish. And to me, it's like. The man, the man's work is so iconic and so amazing that this, and literally, this is the I connection. mean, for him, like, I mean, it's thirty years of his life. So, I mean, I think it's kind of disrespectful to like not talk about his work there, and like whether or not it will get done justice. I mean, that's like, yeah. I mean, it's like, I I would say it's probably the, one of the most defining features of like how he lived as a person. Well, you know, also it's like he died doing what he loved. Yeah. Which was the story in whether whatever it was or however he felt about the story towards the end of his life, but um, not many creators can say that mm-hmm. that they did their work the way they wanted to do it on their own terms and to go out doing it that way. So few people can say that, you know. And even if it never finishes, like, okay, well, he died doing what he loved and he died doing what he wanted to create and. You know, as fans, I think it is fair for people to be like, well, what happens? I think yeah. that's a legitimate. I think that's a fair response from fans because fans only have, we're fans. Yeah. You know, like, it, that's all you got is this story. That's the connection between the, the readers and the guy. So to act like that's, to me, as someone who has never had a fan base for something that I've created or written, but I imagine that, like, when Robert Jordan died, mm-hmm. I'm just guessing right before they announced that whoever was going to finish the series Brad Sanders was going to finish the series i imagine that robert jordan's wife who's an editor and author as well took the reader response of like okay well, what happens to the story as a positive thing because that's like the, her husband infe- uh, impacted people's lives so much that mm-hmm. that they're like okay i need to know i want to know because i've been reading this thing for years I'm invested in these characters and the world that this person built, so I want to see how this person wanted to wrap this story up. Um, yeah, I think it's... I mean, I think it's... You know, some people might see it as insensitive, but I see it as an a over, overtly positive thing, especially yeah. with, you know... It's getting into that where it's, like, people that care and, like, love this story and, like, the world that he's creative and, like, specifically with the Zerk, you know... Not for us, you know, we enjoy it, but I mean, specifically for the purists, I mean, there are people who like live, breathe and sleep like berserk. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's, you know, entirely justified to like, want to see this thing that you love so much uh, 
get the the ending and like the love and care that it deserves. So I, I completely agree. I think I think that the, I think the people who react, there's no wrong way to react. Obviously, I think both both viewpoints are correct, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like it's the it's going to be the human response to be like, what about the story that I've been reading for thirty years? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's justified. You know, yeah. you've committed you you. It goes back to that long term battle of like fans and the artists. And at what, what point does the artist no longer own the art? Well, it's like these readers have given everything to you. Mm-hmm. Everything you have has been given because of the readers or the viewers or whatever. So at what point? I think it's fair to be like, man, I. I'm sad that he's passed away because what he's given me was a story that I think is no one else has been able to give me. Yeah. I think that's fair to, to be bummed. That's what, that's what he's given us. It wasn't yeah. like, it was like, you know, he's a politician and then a dancer and then a musician. Like he's a mangaka, you yeah. know, his gift to the world was his story. So I, I think it's fair to be bummed out that we don't know exactly that it won't end the way that he wanted it to end. Because yeah. he's not touching, he's it's not his pen to the paper. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I think that's fair to be bummed out about it. Obviously, it's a sad situation, but it, and it goes back to what we talked about personally off off podcast. But like, it makes you think about the other long running things that are not yeah. done yet. And, you know, the big one obviously is Hunter Hunter. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's it's um, Game of Thrones. Not not Game of Thrones, but it's um, you know um, Vagabond. And mm. stuff like this, like the guy who made Slam Dunk. Vagabond is not done. It hasn't been updated in however long. And Isn't the, that like on a indefinite hiatus or something like that? I, I don't even know. But it's another story where I'm like, man, like what? Are we... He's not. He's he's young, a young guy too. He mm-hmm. was probably, probably around the same age that Miura was. Maybe a little bit older. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. in his 50s, I believe. But it's like, damn, man. Like these stories that are so good that we have no idea if we're ever going to wrap it up. And obviously Hunter Hunter is a big, big one, but yeah. Yeah, man. What a bummer. Yeah. It's fucking tragic. Yeah, it's dude. funny. Cause like, you know, manga cut and like comic book people die all the time. Mm-hmm. Obviously nature of life type shit, but like no, no one, even filmmakers, actors die all the time. Like this dude's death has been like the most surprising, but also the most like impactful. Yeah, not not to demean other people, obviously, but it's like, well, I think I think specifically when you're talking about like, uh, like actors or directors or something like that, I would say that the difference with that normally, um, is that they're usually not part of something that is like, you know, extending past like yeah. you know a couple of years. I guess the exception might be like you know if a famous TV actor that had yeah. been on, like, some long-running show, like, died before the show was over. Um, yeah. I'm sure or it was, like, George before. Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. But but normally, you know, they're not... Those people aren't normally attached to, like, these long-running, expansive series. Um, and that, specifically with, like, uh, Berserk is, like, something that really only, like, he's touched and he really knows, like the path that it's going to lead. And so yeah. it's kind of like doubly devastating that aspect where it's like, you've lost him and you've also lost this thing that he helped create and that really only he can 
create. Well, it goes, it ties directly into the conversation that we've had a thousand times on the podcast about comics and manga. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, well, where do you go to, how do you read Batman? Well, what kind of Batman do you want to read? Yeah. Right? Well, do you want to, you should read Berserk. Okay, where do I start? Volume one. Volume Because it's, it's not about whose Berserk run it is. Yeah. It's one guy's vision. It's Miro's Berserk run and you read it from the beginning. That's it. It's his story. You know, yeah. I guess if it was someone like the, the duo who makes Death No and Bakuman <laughs> where it's like two, it's two people, writer and artist, but that's the, that's the, that's the manga is the two of them together. Yeah. You know, so it would be weird if it was like, okay, well, Death Note until chapter 12 and then the guy dips out and then they have new manga, new artist. Mm. It's like, yeah, it's the same story. It's the writer's story, but that's that's one of the reasons why, like, when Western comic book guys and girls, you know, pass away, it's like you have to really. For me, I've never been attached to a run so specific that I like I that I cared as much. Yeah. You know, for for American comic creators, I I would assume it wouldn't be more about the run, but if they'd like created a specific character like the really only one that i could really think of is like stan lee and even at that point it was like people weren't attached for him for creating any character they were attached for him for like the marvel universe cameos well, it's and, like, like like when when o'neill passed away you know known for the question in batman so there are people who i think are attached to a character mm-hmm. like if you know fucking no i'm not saying obviously i want it to happen but if jeff johns passed away tomorrow yeah. Okay, we got Flash Rebirth, Green Lantern Rebirth. We got he's associated so much with a character, the mm-hmm. I think the Flash being the biggest one, that I, that people would associate these runs with these characters with. You know, like if Frank Miller died tomorrow, it's like okay, well we got Batman for sure, Sin City, Dare, Daredevil for sure, Sin City and Three Hundred. Yeah, right. But if we're going for the DC Marvel character, Daredevil, Batman, we got yeah. it. Revolutionized with characters. You know what I mean? So, yeah, but um. Moving past the sad, the sad stuff, yes. I assume everyone who who's who's interested in manga is probably picking up that manga right now. So I'm sure, yes. he, I'm sure reseller prices of volume one, two, and three of the deluxe edition are probably fucking spiked up they crazy are on eBay through the roof right now. Because you know but, they're out uh, of print, so I bet they're fucking crazy right now. Yeah. Um, but moving on from that, um, I did watch a couple of things. Um, so the first cool. thing was that I watched. Um, Netflix miniseries, another one. I feel like at this point I'm just going through one a week. But um, I watched. It's called uh, "This Is a Robbery." I can't remember the oh, subtitle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was about an art heist that took place in uh, Philadelphia during St. Patrick's Day, um, and it was. I think the setup for it's interesting. Like the actual crime is interesting. Like the the art heist, and then it's like, you know, it's got the un- whole unsolved thing, and you've got the typical thing with unsolved thing where it's like the cops were, like, not doing what they were supposed to be doing. They're, like, trampling over the crime scene. They're not doing a lot to, like, save evidence or any of that kind of thing. Um, but the series gets really high into, like, mob ties and, like, mob connections and, like, because mm. uh, it's all based around Philly, so it's all – it ends up being – heavily focused around like organized crime and like those aspects to like the the people who stole the paintings it must have been like a 
uh, an organized crime like uh, specialist team with like a connection on the inside and all this kind of stuff. There's all these different like threads that they pull at, um, but it's you know it's still an unsolved mystery. And for me, I didn't know it was unsolved. Like there's things <laughs> are still not there. It's not like when you're watching unsolved mysteries and you're like, okay, I can go in not expecting to yeah. like have that itch scratch because it's unsolved mystery. Yeah. This one I'm like, so you're throwing out all these wild theories out there, but there's not really evidence for any of these things. And a lot of the times their investigation disproves the theory. Yeah. So at the end of the fourth episode, I'm like, okay, so where do we go from here? Right. Cause like clearly it's not the mob or if it is the mob, they're just really good at hiding it. So it's like, I don't know what you're going to do. I mean, most of these guys are arrested and they're not talking, even though they're arrested. So, <laughs> well, you know, and um, it, it's a much different um, genre, but mm-hmm. in the same kind of vein. So you, you kind of understand where I'm coming from. But you know, we are playing our our uh, our RPG game recently. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was telling uh, our friend to watch Memories of Murder. Yeah. By um, Parasite. JSA guy, I can't. I got Boon, 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 Bong Jung Ho. I think it's Bong Jung Ho. Yeah. I always forget his name. Um, but um, to watch Memories of Murder because it's about it's about South Korea's first serial killer, mm-hmm. and it's an awesome movie. And Criterion just put out their their remaster or whatever you want to call Ooh. it of that movie from like '03, and it's a fantastic movie, and um. I'm going to buy it once this Criterion Summer Sale mm-hmm. hits, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's a it was an unsolved mystery. It's not a spoiler cuz whatever. The movie doesn't does not hinge on it being solved or not. It's yeah. The point of the movie is like it's like Korea under martial law-ish kind of time and mm-hmm. first serial killer, right? But the crime gets solved not in the movie but like 3 years ago. Oh. So knowing that, it's like you watch the movie knowing that, and you're like, oh my god. Or if you don't know that, you watch the movie, then you Google it, you're like, oh my fucking god, like, this is crazy. You know? Yeah. Um, but when I first watched it in, like, 2007 or 8, bef- way, like, 10 years before the, the mystery was solved, solved, mm-hmm. I remember being, like, pissed. <laughs> being, like, this fucking bullshit. I watched it. I remember I had it on my TV in the wall in my room, and I had it. My I torrented, sorry, a billion movies, and I put them on a hard drive. And I connected it to my TV. And I watched the movie, and I was like, "This is bullshit." I wasted my fucking time, and it was such a good movie until the fucking end, and it was trash. Um, but now rewatching it, I'm like, "Okay, okay." It's pretty good. It's bad it's now. It's, yeah, and it's like, okay, we got, it. we got it. We figured it out. Okay. Um, I haven't watched the documentary you're talking about. I, I have it on my list to watch, mm-hmm. but I just haven't done it yet. I mean, it's interesting in the aspect of like, I mean, I like the organized crime stuff. I think <laughs> the going into the the underground of that is um, is super interesting, and I I, li- I really like the setup for the crime. I mean, the art heist is um, it's it's impressive and the things that they were able to take and like kind of the brutality of it too especially for like a heist crime where it's like they talk about the fact that it's like they basically like rip these paintings out of their frames because of the way that the paintings were in their frames on the wall they're kind of like i don't know how exactly they're like 
kind of like somehow like encased in the frame and so they basically like cut them out and like tore them out right um so it's kind of like you know especially for like you know art and stuff like this these are like you know hundreds of years old pieces of art and a lot of them are like priceless and then they're like being manhandled by what you assume now at this point are organized thugs but um did they ever say at the end like if they got sold or they got fenced or anything like that or they're just no they've never been able to track down any of the ones they got close there's there's one girl uh or there's one woman who uh was i get i mean there's very strong evidence that it was organized crime because there's definitely a woman who uh was uh related to one of the guys uh that they point the finger at as being involved in the heist and uh she was essentially helping to move in at one point, and she basically like hung up, helped him hang up on the wall mm. one of the pieces of art, which she didn't know at the time because she didn't watch TV. And then the, basically the cops came to ask her later, and they started flipping through the paintings. She's like, "I seen that one. That was hanging up on my what, brother's." What was wall. the crime like? Sophisticated. Um, it's fairly sophisticated. In, in the, I think the most weird the weirdest thing about it is um so the the basic rundown of the crime is that they assume that um the it was a two-person job that uh did it they both dressed up as cops and basically like uh came in to the security room and basically like forced these guys to like uh let them in uh and then they tied them up put them down in the basement and like the 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 striking vigil of like one of the security guards who just is like face is like entire covered with duct tape. Like he was like a hippie guy. So he's got like long curly hair. He's got like a tight t-shirt underneath mm-hmm. his security uniform. And he's got like duct tape, like just wrapped all over his face, like all haphazardly. Um, but it's like, uh, after that, they spent 81 minutes in the museum after they tied the security guard up stealing paintings and it's such a long time were they be... wearing masks they don't say uh they didn't show up a mask like they showed up like they have sketches of their faces but they assume that they were wearing um that it's like in the sketch they like are they both have mustaches on they assume they were fake mustaches but um <laughs> but the the sketching of them are like not that great either yeah um like as far as like the people that they eventually think like did the crime, like the sketches, like don't look like anything right. like that. So the the, guard, um, the guards don't die, right? No, the guards both lived. Okay, so it's like okay. Yeah, I mean it's mostly a victimless crime, other than you know the millions of dollars in art that was stolen. Insur- but insurance nobody, company. Yeah, but nobody died. So. Yeah. So a pure white. Except collar. for all the people who were allegedly involved in the crime, who all got fucking whacked by the mob. So. Oh, well. It's lots of, like, once they start to, like, investigate and try to, like, pin stuff down, there's a lot of people that end up, like, dying around it. Right, right, right. So. I mean, maybe, I don't know, I thought about watching it. Maybe I will at some point if I'm bored one day. Yeah. It's not bad. Um, But, yeah, I mean, there's, I've definitely watched, like, you know, I mean, Night Stalker for them is, that's still, like, the pinnacle of like the netflix true crime yeah series. i think so. for me it's always night stalker or evil genius or yeah evil genius is definitely I mean, people would say making a murderer but i haven't finished it i couldn't finish it i think i got like one or two episodes in and i just 
I don't know. I did not find that story very compelling. Yeah, I didn't so. care enough. Yeah. The I think in terms of true crime, we, which we ramble on all the time about true crime, but yeah. true crime docs, like the Jinx is really great. I still need to watch that it's one. It's really good. And it's weird because he's in it. <laughs> it's even weirder because he's fucking in it. Like actual dudes in yeah, it? Yeah, like they interview him. It's so oh, fucking that's, weird. That's Durst, isn't it? Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, because I think his trial restarted this week. Yeah, he's in it. And then there's a one from like 10 years ago, or maybe even longer, which is about like this random robbery in a house where these two guys like killed his wife and daughter and like hmm. set a fire. I can't remember what it's called. It's their HBO ones. There's that okay. one. That, that one was good. And there's one like about a father and son duo where they're like magicians or clowns and they like mm. rape a boy or something. I can't remember what it's called. It's like something and it's like watching the something. It's like their last name or and, mm. and it has a, it's all home movies because one of the brothers, the other brother is like filming the whole thing during like the trial and like. Whatever, mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called. Shit. Um, but the one that always is forgotten is the is the West Memphis Three one. Yeah. Well, there's three of them, I believe, and the first one is brutal. I think I told you before. Okay. The, the first one is like, Jesus, yeah, yeah. man. But the first one, if I'm misremembering, it's called Paradise Lost from '96. Okay. Paradise Lost child murders at Robin Hill Hood Hills. Two and a half hours long, hundred percent Rotten Tomatoes. Oh wow! Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure it's HBO original. I'm pretty sure, um, but like the opening scene is like the crime scene footage of the boys in the river. Jesus! Like the opening scenes, like you see them bound and get like bound and all kind of shit, and you're like, dude, this is this is the starting scene. Like, like yeah. not like we're gonna have a fucking scene of the, of the woods and panning. No, this is the opening scene. So if you're not prepared for this, fuck off. This is this is what we're doing, you know. And I could be wrong, but I feel like after I feel like listening to the last podcast episode about this, mm-hmm. this was the first time Metallica lit. Let someone use their music. I feel like is what I remember. I think that they said because that, because yeah. no, how it was all satanic panic kind of shit. And Metallica was like, yeah. no, fuck that. The, the metal's metal's metal. I pr- yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. But I could be completely wrong. Um, that sounds right. That sounds familiar. They're, I'm trying to remember. I haven't watched it yet. I don't remember if it's HP or not. But it's like the what is it? This Dear Zachary one, I think. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that one. Um, that was about child murder too, so that's always fun. Is it old or new? Do you know? I know it's older. Oh, it is on Netflix. So the one time, the one time about, but the so it's called the Cheshire Murders from 2013, and okay. it's on 2007. Two ex-convicts broke into a home, it resulting in a triple homicide. That one was good, um, and then. There's another one. I can't remember what the other one's called. Sorry, but whatever. Hmm. They're all on HBO. Okay. So. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So yeah, that was this robbery. It's like, eh, not not bad, not bad, but you know, not super great either. Right. Um. I also watched uh the second season uh that came out for uh Love, Death, and Robots. Oh yeah yeah yeah. 
Um, there's not too many like standouts in this one. I don't know. It's also a shorter season. Like I was going through and like, cause I kind of couldn't remember like everything from the first season, but I was going through and like the first season has like double the amount of episodes that this one had. This was really? like, I think it was like eight or 10. Um, they were all like consistently longer though. Cause I know in the first season, some of those were like five minutes. These are all consistently like over 10 minutes long. Mm. Uh, except that there's one that's like a Christmas story that's like five minutes. Right. Um, so that's like the shortest one. Um, that one was also like kind of one of the better ones. Um, I know the worst one for sure is the last episode of the season. That one was fucking awful. Um, and then there's one with Michael B. Jordan, which is clearly just banging on the fact that Michael B. Jordan is voice acting and using his likeness for the model. <laughs> yeah. Um Nothing else, like, too exciting about that one. Um, there was one, I think the best story was definitely one um, where it takes place in a future where the pl- the place is overpopulated and it's all about this guy. Um, the overpopulation is rampant, and so um, they the, the offsetting that they do is, like, they give people this drug that makes them immortal, but it makes them infertile. Um, but this guy is like a cop, uh, who goes after people who like get off the drug and like start having babies. Um, so he basically is like, they like, you know, arrest the parents and then he's usually charged with killing the kids. Um, so it's all about like him, like coming to terms with, uh, and catching up with like the fact that he's a child murderer and like, so that was like probably one of the more like compelling episodes of like this season. Um, there was one that was like an Eldritch Horror one where the guys just literally HP Lovecraft as a character. Um, <laughs> so that one was like interesting in uh, concept. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's, you know, I think it's still like up and down quality wise. Uh, just like season one was like there's standouts and then there's some that are like straight poopy. Yeah. But, um, but, uh, for the most part, I enjoyed it. I think it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know. It's hard to like really hate it. Cause they're so short. Like it's such little time investment. Do you really get in, get out? Um, so you mm-hmm. really just allow them to tell their story and it's like either it was, a good, yeah, it was a pretty good story. Or it, was, it wasn't a very good story. So yeah. it's not really too like, much to like pick at necessarily right yeah i uh i'll never watch it yeah i just i think I, you said that when i, I watched the first season can't stand the anthologies and i can't stand animated ones mm. can't stand it that's why i couldn't watch the first clone wars because mm, yeah, there was one. there was like no linear story it was obviously telling a story but i just couldn't like these little short 10 12 minute long little shorts they look mm-hmm. cool. I love the artist behind it. The guys know the Gendy, but I mm-hmm. don't care about that kind of storytelling. Um, so yeah, I don't think I'll ever. And Matrix, I love the Matrix. I talk about at Matrix. Yeah. I've nothing. I, I I praise that shit so much. I praise yeah. all of them so much, but the Animatrix, never seen it. Never I don't think I've ever watched it. the Animatrix either. Don't care don't give a shit yeah you know um it makes me so happy that matrix 4 is relatively close 
So close, dude. Relatively close. I think it's close. supposed to come out in the holiday, right? Uh, I don't know exactly, but it's within the next 12 months. Yes. Like It's this year, for yeah. sure. Um, Unless so, they delay it, which is possible. Unless they delay it, you know. Um, but speaking about Netflix, we're talking about two Netflix things. Yeah. Did, did you see that Mindhunter is coming back? No, I didn't. You so, no, they they can't. Am I have to catch up with Mindhunter? God damn. Yeah, they canceled it obviously, and they now yeah. like, like three weeks ago they're like, yeah, it's probably gonna come back. <laughs> so, this witchy washy shit with Netflix, dude. I don't think. I mean, Netflix, I'm glad they're I, not I'm pretty going sure it's their, tip, their typical model is like three episodes and the show's canceled. So yeah. I'm glad that they're like. Oh, well, I, I, I guess don't they think it's Netflix, dude. I think it's Fincher. Maybe. I think it's Fincher being like, I need this budget. And Netflix is like, we can't do that budget. And then Netflix is like, well, you know what? Okay. <laughs> Here's a budget we can do. He gave him Mank? Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't it, watch but... it. That's how much I care about it. I didn't watch it. And I, I, he's my... One of my faves. Like everyone else in the world. Yeah. He's, one, he's one of the faves. But I didn't give a shit about that movie. Yeah. Um, but what else have you been checking out? Anything else? Uh, the last thing before we get to something that uh, I know that you checked it. Well, I don't know if you finished it, but I know you checked that as well. But sure. um, before we get to that, um, I did watch the last, the latest season of Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it a lot, dude. I mean, I think I told you about it a little bit, but it was like season three is like kind of boring, eh, but it's clearly a lot of buildup. It's a lot of, especially with like the way that the season's set up, they've got like, hold on, I'm trying to think here. So they've got A, B, C, and then like C, A stories going on. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the third season is like set up, setting up all of that. And I know it's, you know, um, one of your major complaints was that the show isn't really like action heavy as it like market itself to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that this season definitely was action heavy. Uh, mm-hmm. I told you about it a little bit, but I mean, every episode this season, uh, aside from like basically the epilogue episode had at least one standout action scene yeah. in the episode. And then the ninth episode is just like, I mean, that's just balls to the wall the whole time. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm really happy with it. I like it a lot. I mean, they definitely like leave it open ended for them to for them to for there to be more stuff um, with other Belmonts in the future. Um, that's not Trevor. Uh, it seems like this was really like an epilogue to Trevor and Cypher's story. Um, I did see that Netflix that. was done with it. The what? I did see Netflix said that they were done with it for now. With Castlevania or yeah, with Trevor? With Castlevania. That makes sense. I mean, it really feels like a. I mean, there's kind of like a tease that there could be more, but I mean, outside of that, uh, it really feels like it is like the the. It Finale. ties a nice bow on like the four episode or the four seasons that they've had. So yeah, I, I um, saw a scene on YouTube. From, I guess the final episode or mm-hmm. somewhere around there, and with death, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what yeah. sticks out to me um, is that the voice acting sucks. Still, I can't stand the voice acting. Yeah, the voice acting is not the greatest. It feels so phoned in, and mm. not just not good. 
and I'm not I'm not trying to insult the actor, so it just doesn't feel good, you know. Yeah. Um, and I haven't listened to it in English, no, the English, yeah. the the whatever the best of the original, I don't know. But um, I watched. I assumed it would be. I've only seen the first two seasons, but then seeing the, even the clip of season four, I'm like, this just doesn't sound good. It just feels slow, and the accent is bad. I'm like, Trevor's accent's bad. I'm like, animation's yeah, he's fine. Yeah, really go for like the whole like cool guy. I don't really care about what's yeah, going on. But it's like, terrible. I get it at some points, but it's like. He can't be like that all the time. And something about it, I don't know if it's the accent or the performance or if it's like the I don't mind mixing. Accent the accent sounds so shit to me. The whole, just all of it together, because the animation was fine. Yeah. Right? Um, but the voice, the voicing is just so. I might try to rewatch it in like a different language, like maybe Japanese, and yeah. see if like that's better, maybe. It just feels so YouTube. It feels mm. like someone on YouTube wants to be a voice actor and they took the scene and then they overdubbed their voice to have a reel. It's what it feels like to me. Mm. Obviously, I can't do a better job. I'm not saying I can. But as a professional, unprofessional, amateur critic, uh, it feels bad. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't, it doesn't, feel, it doesn't read well to me. Um, and that's been my complaint since season one. It's like mm. the voice, the voicing just feels off. Um, is it all of them or just Trevor specifically? Specifically Trevor, but all of them. Mm. Uh, the Alucard's weird. Dracula's fine. Alucard's the, probably the strangest one. He's got the weird, like, he's got the Raiden voice. He's got, like, the, the whisper. Yeah. He's got, like, the, the super serious whisper voice. And, and you know, like, honestly, what it is, too, I now that you're saying that, it, it, my brain is building. It's so hard. I watch it, and I can't pinpoint why. But w- one of my complaints what it feels like is that they're whispering into the mic constantly. Mm. Like he's like, ah, oh, I can't believe it. Yo, talk louder. Yeah. Let's speak up. Use your diaphragm. You're yeah. Like, Let's go over here. And what are you doing? Because I, the, the scene is telling me you're talking loud or you're talking yeah. like you should be like in a regular voice. But the voice that I'm getting it's like, okay, here's my equivalent to this. It's like when I go see a band, like a metal band or a hardcore band, and on the record, I can tell that you're screaming, right? Or you're yelling or whatever, you're shouting. But then I see mm. you live or a live performance of the same song, and you're not doing that into the mic. And I can tell, because through the speakers, I can hear the way you sound. Mm. And it sounds like you're just making the noise but I can tell that you're not putting the force behind it. So it sounds real shit. And that's what this sounds like to me. So specifically mm-hmm. with Trevor. And if your main character to me, I can't stand, will not watch the show. Because mm-hmm. you're the main character. You know? Um, and I'm trying to think of an example of something else that happened to me. But there's a billion examples. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's... I, I get that complaint. Um... I mean, I don't mind it necessarily per se. Um, it didn't like take me out of it. Yeah. Um, I think just because I watch it so much. Um, I think the thing that usually the, I remember the biggest complaint I had about season three that I really didn't have this season, which was the sound mixing in season three was awful. Really? Where I remember saying that it was like they would be talking and it'd be like I was playing a video game where I'm like 
for some reason my camera's not pointed at the right person. Uh-huh. So I'm like hearing it in the distance. Yeah. But it's a goddamn anime and the mm-hmm. camera's pointed where it's supposed to be. So why the fuck am I is it sounding like I'm like a hundred feet away from them? Yeah. It's but that you... problem didn't happen this season. I remember that happened a lot in season three and that should piss me off. That's because it's called shit mixing. Yeah. Um but that didn't happen this season. It's funny because um nobody cares about sound until it's not there. Yeah. Or when it's done wrong. Oh, sound is definitely one of those ones where it's like, yeah, people don't care about it until, well, good sound is sound that you shouldn't even notice. Yeah. And bad sound is, you notice. Well, no, I've said before on the podcast, but uh, I used to work in news, Mm -hmm. right? That's the gimmick we talk about all the time. You work in news. I used to work in news. Uh, I told you how to do it. Well, there you still did it. Um, is that what got me my job as a photojournalist was not a video reel, was a fucking audio reel, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I did a lot of Foley work when I was in animation schools, like my main thing, and sound mixing, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So it, that got me a job because they thought that, hey, you know what? You can do sound. Maybe you can do video. I can, but not from school, from personal you shit YouTube videos in high school, but yeah. you know, um, when I see it, when, or when I hear it missing, and I'll, I'll mention this when we do our main topic, because motherfuck, shit pissed me the fuck off to this tonight watching this shit for our main topic, but um, that that was big for me in this in the, in the first two seasons of the show it was like, it felt like things were they should have been at the up here, but they were down here. Or the mm-hmm. voice was supposed to be here in the bar, but it's not there. And just, it, the show felt like it was rushed to me. And people were, like, praising it so much. And I'm like, I don't know what you're praising because it's not, it's not that, it's not a regular anime. A regular anime on in Japan, they, for the most part, dialed in. Yeah. Whether or not I like it or not, dialed in. The the goofy effects, the, the sound effects, they're all there. And yeah. this was like from the first two seasons. Obviously, I can't comment on three and four. Was like, okay, we don't get this dialed in yet. Yeah, you know. So, I think this was definitely the closest one where the studio had it like dialed in to like where they needed to be. Yeah. Voice acting aside, the sound mixing was, you know, consistent throughout, and I never had that moment where I was like taking out of it because I was like. This sounds like I'm 100 feet away when I shouldn't be. Right. Um, which right. is the problem I consistently had in season three. Yeah. Wow. Um, and this this did not have that. This seemed like they were much more aware, uh, competent, and able to put together their product a yeah. lot better. Well, they which had is fucking like, time. Uh, I was about to say, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. it, I, I, I don't know why it took four seasons for them to finally like wrap their heads around it. but well, so they had a full year of quarantine to fucking figure it out. Well, you that's probably, yeah. Uh, well, anything else, Zach, for you this week? Um, the last thing I did is I, I believe a, sh- a partially shared topic, at least, which is that last night I watched Army of the Dead. I mean, I, I can comment on it, but I can't comment on it fully. Um, I don't know. It's a fun movie, um, but the writing made me upset yeah. at times. I sh- I think the concept's interesting. Sure. I watched about 35 minutes of it and okay. said, nah. Like most Zack Snyder movies, I'll say nah. 
<laughs> I hated it. I hated the three mats. Not that mm-hmm. the acting was bad, Batista was good. Everyone was good in it. Batista's good, yeah. They're fine. It fit the story, and Batista's a good actor. It was fine. Yeah. Um, I did hear that Tig Nataro is supposed to be Chris D'Elia. What have do you mean? You, have you seen this? I saw a thing on TikTok that Tig's character, you know Tig Nataro, right? Uh-huh. No, she's the comedian. Yeah. I heard that that was actually Chris D'Elia. But then after the Chris D'Elia shit happened, they they, oh, they, they, took they, Chris they, out? they put in Tig, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could have seen that. It seems like that would also be like a very Chris character. Yeah. Um, I don't know. She was fine with it. That makes more sense, though, because I definitely saw something on Reddit where it was like, I think the thing was like the amount of money it cost to green screen Tig Notaro into this yeah, yeah, yeah. was like the amount of money that it would cost. Apparently, he also had like a prequel to this shit. And it was like yep. the amount of money it cost to green screen in Tig Notaro was the amount of money it would have taken to make the prequel for make this the, movie. Make, yeah. Um, but I didn't Which like... Which I, I had not heard that it was supposed to be Chris. Which makes me sad because yeah. Chris is back. Yeah. Well, I mean, to, probably uh, not to, Hollywood anytime soon. Not in Hollywood He's anytime soon. He's back on his soon. podcast. So. He might as well move to Texas like everyone else. Yeah. Um, I don't like... I didn't like... Well, I'll, I'll say what I did like. I like well, I'll he, tell you what I didn't like. I didn't okay. like the fucking daughter. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> I did like the concept of uh, the world still exists, but Vegas is not. I like yeah. that. That, to me, was a cool concept. That, like the, that is an interesting Like, concept. the government is still going on the infection is just here and we've contained dumbass for some reason but i like that the whole beginning scene dude Zack snyder stop playing full songs of covers and slow-mo or in slow covers stop doing that that's so bad it's terrible i know it's his like thing yeah but it looks it's annoying as shit it's annoying as shit and what made me want to punch my computer screen because I was watching it when my girlfriend was recovering from wisdom teeth surgery. So mm-hmm. I had to watch it here, not in my living room, right? So I had to watch it at the desk with my living my door open so I could see down the hall and then see her in, on our bed. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm watching it. And it's the opening fucking montage of the fucking, of what's, explaining what's happening. Which I, that, that, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with Which, the, are you talking about after the, the, the yes, army a, scene? Yes, after the army scene. Right, okay. I am fine with the opening montage explaining story elements. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I'm not Introducing fine with... Introducing the teen and explaining how Vegas got walled yes, off. Yes, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm not fine with them playing a stupid song for the full three and a half minutes. But yeah. what made me want to punch my fucking expensive computer screen was the fucking Elvis costume matching right when the song's like oh watch out elvis and then the tower falls oh, on yeah. the El- yo don't do that ever again <laughs> that is fucking garbage that is terrible yeah. and i know it's a like, wink wink nod no 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 that's bad well, that's not a wink wink nod that's a here's a two by four yeah, back over the head nod so bad so bad and i, I mean i couldn't get yeah, i didn't through like it. that part either i couldn't get through the movie man it was so mediocre just go watch Romero's movies. Just go watch yeah. his movies. They're different, but they're good. And honestly, I even think that Zack Snyder's previous one was better. Well, I think, yeah, oh no, his Dawn, his Dawn of the Dead was way better than Yeah, this. it was so much better. Yeah. And I give, I give zero fucks about zombies. 
Yeah. You know, but that... No, I don't care about zombies either. I mean, it's like... I think the most I cared about zombies was when I was watching The Walking Dead. And that was like... 28 days later, if you could, if you could even call those zombies. I mean, those are... I mean, those are as much zombies as the zombies that show up in this movie. Yeah, Outside that's... Of, like, I mean, they, in this movie, he, like... He does the distinction where he's like, there's regular zombies and then there's alpha zombies. Yeah, there's. I, I played Left 4 Dead. Twenty eight days later, zombies. Yeah, I played Left 4 Dead. But they're still just as stupid. It's. I don't know. It's the writing in it is such. Okay, first of all, the character writing in it is kind of shit. Mostly because the daughter. I hate the daughter's character. Everything yeah. about her pisses me off because the whole reason that she's mad at Dave Batista is fucking stupid yeah. and makes me upset. And also, she gets everybody killed. So fuck her. <laughs> um, and. So that blows. But it's also the writing of the zombies sucks and makes no sense. So first of all, I saw some shit on Reddit where apparently there was like some weird like five second hint that like the zombies are alien related or some shit like that. Mm. But there's a scene where they're in the casino and there's a bunch of the alpha zombies coming through and Dave Batista shoots one at one point and it has a robot face. And it's never explained, and none of the others have robot faces. Right. But this random one has a robot face. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. That makes no fucking sense. I'm fucking pissed off. Also, they're alpha zombies. They're supposed to be smarter. But still, for 90% of this movie, I just see them going in a straight line at people who have guns. And I'm yeah. like, if you're a smart zombie, you're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, 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 al- the head alpha smart. He's got like a helmet, so he can't get shot in the head. I'm like, okay, that's smart. Yeah. Nobody else has a helmet like that. Yeah. I mean... Also, he has a weird baby that glows blue and also dies. So I don't know what the fuck that is. I mean, I wasn't expecting anything, so I'm not, I'm not like heartbroken. I you mean, know? I wasn't expecting like anything too crazy, but I mean, I don't know. At, at some point, like the fun heist part got removed and like, I don't know. As soon as, like, the heist... Sh- I, I saw the heist shit, like, going out the window, I was like, oh, this became instantly less fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get that, man. So, yeah. Other than that, that was all I really watched. Cool, dude. Watch too. Uh, I got a couple things. Uh, I want to make this statement first. Um, Running Man is still going on. So that's still the yeah. primary objective of my time is watching Running Man. Okay. Um, but I want to ask you a question, Zach, because I... The first thing I'm open I, to questions. I've been waiting for this. It's a documentary. I'm waiting for it to come out, and I finally uh, found a way to watch it, and I watched it. But I have no connection to what it's about. So I want to ask you if you have a connection to this, because um, okay. you talked about that you cried watching "Would You Be My Neighbor." I did. Um, I. I watched the first 10 minutes of it and just didn't, didn't finish it. Not that it was bad. I just, just wasn't in the mood to watch it. Mm-hmm. But I, I never cared about him. Yeah. I watched it a couple times as a kid. Just never cared. was not my mm-hmm. thing. Uh, didn't have ninjas or turtles or swords or you know, Robocop. Those yeah. were the th- lessons that I learned about life. Um, mm-hmm. But so how do you have any connection in your life to... The Muppets or Sesame Street? Yeah. Which but, one? Which one? And, and what? How? How deep does the more go? More Sesame Street than uh, the Muppets. I mean, the Muppets, you know, 
for the Muppets, for me, it's like, I didn't watch the Muppet show too much, but I watched a lot of the Muppet movies. Um, I specifically remember with the Muppet movies, because, um, I mean, for me, this is like, goes way more into like, you know, the stuff that I watched as a kid. Um, but as a kid, you know, every summer, there would be a weekend where I would go to my grandma and grandpa's house because we'd be forced to go to Bible school, mm. summer Bible school. And so for that whole weekend, we would go to the library like every day. And the library in my grandma's place, small town, Francisville, Indiana, uh, had like a sur- array of movies. And one of the movies that we would check out besides Bible Man because we had no taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also I wanted to see Laser Swords and they didn't have Star Wars. So that right. was as close as I got. Um, but um, But it would be older Disney movies or it would be like the Muppets. And so we would get like the Muppets movies. They had all those. So I would watch those um, quite a few times during the summer. Which feels weird because like, again, I have no connection to the Muppets, but I've been learning learning about them recently. Mm -hmm. Like half those jokes are clearly like, yeah, like Jim Henson was, was like, he made like dark humor. Yeah. You know? So to me, it's funny that like Bible man and then the Muppets SNL, variety yeah. show type thing um see i am the opposite of you but i watched the sesame like. street sh- i watched the sesame street show as a kid right so i'm the opposite of you i have no connection to either one i okay. could tell you the names of the big characters big bird uh yeah. kermit miss piggy uh elmo cookie elmo cookie guy um cookie monster i know those Right, I don't know the characters. Apolopagus. I, I don't know who the fuck that is. The count. I know the count. I don't know the jokes. I don't know what they teach. I don't know. I thought to me, my whole life, I thought the Muppets were an educational show. No. I thought that up until literally, my girlfriend told me that's not what it was. No. Two days ago. Sesame Street is the educational. I one. thought Muppets the is entire like, thing was that. Muppets is like a little, still, you know kid oriented a little bit with the puppets and whatnot but i mean the, the those are just like the muppets is basically a sitcom so i thought i thought i was educational my whole life yeah so i was like why the fuck am i gonna watch that so i get old and i'm like yeah i don't watch sesame street fuck off why would i watch the muppets right and people i see comedians chris harwick i love the muppets and i'm like what are you talking about teaching how to fucking count or what, what are you talking about you love the muppets fuck off right so now it makes more sense but there's a documentary yeah. came out Based on a book of the same name, I believe. Street Gang? Street Gang. Yep. Right? Um, so I watched the documentary, mm-hmm. and it's really good. It's Is really, it on HBO? Uh, it's going to be, I think, in December. Okay. And so you can VOD it for 20 bucks, or might VOD it for 20 you bucks? can use our other way. Wink, Sail the high seas? Wink, wink. Well, I, not, I don't do that anymore. I use the other oh. place. And it's on there. Gotcha. Uh, sorry, but 20 bucks for Sesame, I had no connection to it, so I'm not going to... I mean, for you, I get that. You can't you prove... No, to it. no one can prove... 20 the... bucks for a documentary listen, that you have no connection to. Listen, no one can prove that I didn't pay 20 bucks, so I paid 20 bucks. Um, but it's, it's really well made, really good, and for someone like me who has no connection to either property... Mm-hmm. For me to say that it's good means that it's a well-made documentary, and it's basically yeah. about, you know, sh- the beginning of Sesame Street up until 
like there's not really a decade, but they kind of explain like the different era up until mm. the original people who made it kind of leave or die or whatever. Yeah. Um, up until when Jim Henson passes away, and in the middle or like in the middle, in the very beginning, when they're explaining how they're gonna kind of put the show together. And then they have the people, like the backstage people who made it, and they're like, "Yeah, we we're gonna go talk to Jim Henson," and they cut to Jim Henson's like original Muppets shorts, and they're like super brutal. Like it's like fucking like you know, puppets are exploding and shit. Like it's like super black comedy. And I'm like the Muppets, they fucking PG'd the Muppets, and I was like, oh no, that's always what it's been, I guess. But um, it's really good. I really liked it, and I think that you would enjoy it if you care obviously you have a connection to it so if it was like hey here is you know fucking barney well i fucking love barney so i would barney's dope would man. be all about it you know if it was like here's a documentary Look, man, you, it's like this you tell me that you got the teletubbies coming out i'll be like hell yeah i watched the teletubbies documentary never watched it never watched uh it. the tinky winky i love doing some tinky yeah winky. i know the names i know that i i never watched it you know i mean when I think of like little kid shit, Blue's Clues was for sure. I was all about Blue's that shit Clues, as a kid. 100%. Bear in the Big Blue House is a big one. Never watched it. I know what it you is. You didn't watch that one? I no. love Bear in the Big Blue House. I know what it was though, but yeah, it was like Blue's Clues, Barney, and like that was really all I can think of that I watched as a young, young kid. Um. What's yeah, the What's I the lion one? Blue's Clues and Barney are like the big ones. Um. Oh yeah, for me it was like Blue's Clues, Barney, and Bear in the Blue Blue House. Like those were the big ones for me. So yeah, I was too. I think I was too old for Dora and. Yeah, um, I was way too old for Dora. Too, when old, that too old for the Lion one. Too old for that stuff. Oh, There's a bunch of lions living in a house. <laughs> mm. Like puppet lions. I don't know. Yeah, yeah so I don't know that one. I, I I had no connection to Sesame Street and. You know, but it was good. I enjoyed it, and um, I recommend it. So I watched that. Okay. Uh, then I watched the movie called New World. I mentioned it when we played our RPG a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Korean, South Korean crime drama from 2013. Uh, I, I watched half of it, waited a day, finished it. Uh, really great movie. Really, really great crime movie. At first, I, it was it, the premise is almost like Inferno, Infernal Affairs. It's pretty much very, very similar. Undercover cop, uh, criminal organization. He's undercover for a long time. He's trying to get out, but he his handler won't let him out. His handler's old boy, and um, it doesn't turn out the way uh, that anyone. It's a really not a, not as twisty, surprising ending, but a way different ending than I thought it was gonna be. And uh oh, yeah. I think we lost you for a second. You back? Yeah, I lost yeah, you. Yeah, you froze my okay, you froze my end. Um, no, but the ending was, it's uh, completely blew my mind. Not not like it was a shocking like oh my god so crazy like like old boys ending. Yeah. It, was, it was more like I didn't expect them to go this direction, and it's really fucking awesome. Okay. So I, I really really enjoyed it. It's called New World. Um, and then I wanted to mention that I watched The Swordsman, which is for another Korean movie from 2020, and it has Joe Taslam in it as the, one of the bad guys, and then also has the, the lead character is from Volcano High. If you've ever, if you've ever watched that show from that movie from the early 2000s, I don't think so. 
Volcano High. South Korean action, supernatural action comedy from like 2001, 2002. But I found it because they used to play it on MTV in like 2001, 2002. But they dubbed it, right? So they played the South Korean action movie about like high school of like powers and like kind of like fight mm-hmm. whatever in this high school. But they dubbed it with rappers. Okay. So it's like it's like Method Man and like Ghostface Killer. Like it's all these like rappers playing these characters. Uh, Andre 3000, I'm pretty sure is the main character. So I, you're watching these Korean dudes and they completely don't sound Korean. You know? So I remember watching it being like, this movie would be so cool if it didn't sound like shit, you know? And then now I finally, like, years later, I finally found a proper DVD of, like, the original movie with subtitles, so. Um, but I'm pretty sure he plays the main character in The Swordsman, and it's, it's pretty much Zatoichi, which is, like, mm-hmm. famous swordsman. It's in Korea, no ancient time. And then he has to retire. He lives on a mountain with his, with his young daughter, she gets kidnapped by slave traders, which pulls him back in. And he has to go and, you know, kill a bunch of bad guys. And, there like, you go. Save her. So but, the, but the Zatuichi part, like, he's going blind. So okay. he's constantly going blind, but he's still supernaturally great at being a fucking swordsman. He's got a daredevil um, shit where he's like, clinks the thing and he's like, Whatcha? I know where you are. No, not really, but... It, the whole movie, he's like blank face. Like you can tell, he's like looking. He's not. They're pulling up the blind aspect where he's, you know, he's looking in like different directions, looking at the ground, shooting shots of his ear, so he can hear stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's a good movie. It's not like the best movie, but it's it was a solid action movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched that. The last thing I watched was it's a Johnny Toe movie, which I've been talking about the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Johnny Toe. 1999, Johnny Toe, Andy Lau, Lao Ching Wan, Lao Ching Wayne. I can't say Chinese names. I don't fucking know. Lao Ching Wayne, Lao Ching Wan. I don't fucking know, dude. Whatever. He looks cool, though. It's a movie called Running Out of Time, and I recommend it to you. Okay. Um, here's the premise. A hostage negotiator... It's a Hong Kong movie, obviously. Uh, a hostage negotiator, like detective, inspector for Hong Kong... He uh, is going up against a criminal mastermind who has uh, who has cancer and is dying. Okay. So for seventy two hours, there it's a game of cat and mouse. Between the two and of them. It's, it's between the two of them, yeah, and it's really good, really really good. Okay. It's one of the movies that I I've seen once when I like in high school when I was diving into. Like Hong Kong film, okay. like super, like diving into it. Like as a kid, it was just like kung fu movies. Yeah. But then in high school, it's like, oh, there's like The Godfather, but in Asia. Like I'm like I'm like looking for that, right? So Johnny Toe and like Sue Hark, I'm like going into those guys' movies. And I watched this movie once, and I was like, oh, this is a cool movie, whatever. But then rewatching it now, having seen his other movies a bunch, I know what to expect, and I'm watching this movie, and it was it was a thing where. I'm so impressed. Let me rephrase my sentence. I'm impressed very little most of the time. Okay. With mo- with movies. But I'm watching this movie from 1999. And something about it. And Johnny Toe's 10 out of 10 all the time. He's a great director. Mm-hmm. But something about this movie I'm watching. And I'm just like. I'm so impressed with everything. Okay. It looks like it's from 1999. 
It doesn't look like it's amazing, mm-hmm. but the the characters and the shots, everything just fits perfectly. Like he Johnny Toe crushes it, and it's not my favorite of his movies, but dude, you're watching this movie and you're like, this is so interesting, and I know for sure that they're gonna steal this movie at some point if they haven't already. Mm-hmm. Like. America or England, someone's going to take this movie and they're going to remake it and make it worse. Because it's so unique and interesting and it's a really, really good movie. And I'm glad that I watched it uh, again with kind of, with semi-fresh eyes. And what's it called again? Um, it's called Running Out of Time. Okay. Interesting. And it's really good. And Andy Lau is like... He plays the bad guy, but Andy Lau is one of my favorite... Asian act leading leading characters. He's he's in so many great fucking movies. Andy Lau is. It's like Aaron Kwok, Andy Lau, are like two of the the fucking the old boy Choi Min Sink or whatever his name is. I can't pronounce it properly, but like it's like these these dudes are so fucking awesome. I'll watch a movie just because they're in it. Huh? And Andy Lau's one of them. God of Gamblers. Andy Lau kills it. Kills it. You know he's in so many good movies. But um, he he's really good in this movie, and it's it's super impressive. Okay. Super impressive. Um, so I think you would really dig it, because he it's a criminal. He's not a killer. He's like a, he's like a thief. Okay. You know, he's like a white collar thief mastermind kind of guy. Interesting. Um, really good movie. There's a sequel, with a different guy with a different bad guy, because this guy obviously you know has to die. Yeah. But um, running out of time too. Not as good as this one, but still a good movie. Okay. So. That's all I watched, but I did want to mention real quick a mm. uh, piece of news because we don't really talk about news anymore yeah. uh, on the podcast, but we just kind of like, you know, bring it in randomly. Yeah. But um, it's been announced yesterday, I texted you this earlier, that uh, Ch- Chad Stahelski, director extraordinaire, stunt coordinator extraordinaire, action choreographer extraordinaire, Chad Stahelski, is directing a new movie, uh, a Highlander. Mm-hmm. Starring Henry Cavill. Yes. And I want to say on the record, before he even starts filming, before the script, whatever it is, but on the record, that this is going to be the absolute best Highlander film over the show, over the movies. It's going to be over Sean Connery? fucking awesome. Yeah, fuck Sean Connery. <laughs> this is going to shit on that shit so hard. This dude, Henry Cavill's great, right? Cool, whatever. We he's know, he's, you know, we know he gets in... He gets in the character. He's obviously in great shape. He'll get in good shape. He'll he'll commit to the swords. He'll commit he's also to super it. You know, nerd, we know so that. You know he loves Highlander. Right. We know he has some sort of you know Witcher sword. I, I we know that. Yeah. But Chad Stahelski is the guy right now for action movies. Mm-hmm. You know, if ten years ago it was Gareth Evans, right now it's Chad. Right. The dude. Ignoring John Wick, because that's obvious. Ignoring that, he was Keanu Reeves' stunt double in The Matrix. Yeah. Right? He did that. He helped do all the action stunts for Ninja Assassin. He was Brandon Lee's double when he passed away in The Crow. Oh, shit, for real? The dude's, yeah, the dude is, has a company called 8711, mm-hmm. which is an action company, which then trains all the guys for John Wick. Yeah. Right? So, just that alone. Sunk Coro guy on the Matrix. The dude is a mastermind. Mm-hmm. So, you p- combine that 
taking John Wick, whatever. Now give give him a fucking guy who's like twenty years younger than Keanu, right? Or fifteen years younger than Keanu, in infinitely better shape than Keanu. Yeah. And say, hey, play with swords. Yeah. <sighs> fucking print the money. It's a done deal, baby. Print it. It's done. It's done, dude. Send it to the cleaners, so, man. Su- it's done. Give me the ticket. I'm out. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very hyped for that movie. Whenever the fuck that comes out, 2022, 2023. Yeah, no, I'm down for that, dude. I mean, you know, I think I've established at this point that I'm a pretty big Henry Cavill shill, and I just like a lot of the stuff that he's in. Um, so I was down yeah. for this regardless. But yeah, knowing that, you know, he's doing it and all the stuff he's done with, like, John Wick, and yeah, I knew Ninja Assassin, but I hadn't heard about... Um, you, I recommend this to you before, but I, I, I'll recommend it again. Mm-hmm. You need to watch Scott Adkins' podcast Art of Action, yeah. Um, and pick and choose, obviously, because he has on action stars and action stunt people and all that stuff on the podcast, and it's 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 awesome. There's only thirty some episodes because he doesn't do it every week. Yeah. He'll do it like he'll do like four at a time and then take a break, take a two months off and come back. But he he interviewed Chad Stahelski like six months ago, mm-hmm. and they went through his whole career, and it's like you watch it, you're like, dude, this is insane. Yeah. This is an insane career for a stunt action person. Mm-hmm. You know, he interviews um, Scott Hargrave. Scott Hargrave, Hargrave, Sam Hargrave, who is the director of Extraction. Mm. Right, and he's also a choreo guy from X Men and all the stuff Marvel, you know, stunt coordinator. So, yeah. like, if you like action stuff in any sense, whether it's the stunts, the uh, martial art background guys, mm-hmm. girls, his podcast, it's a video podcast. You no, know, uh, it's awesome. And for someone like me who loves video store action movies, that's all Scott Atkins grew up on was like yeah. Bruce Lee and then video store action movies. Yo. It's like you're watching it like, dude, this is this is my jam. Yeah. You know, he interviews Cynthia Rothrock. He interviews all these people. Tony Jaa. Joe, no, Joe Taslow. Yeah. He interviews Eco. So it's like, dude, this is fucking rad. So it's a great podcast. And if you like action movies, I recommend it. But mm-hmm. um, that's it. That's all I've done uh, so far this week, I think. All right. Well, Jason, that means it's time for us to get into our main topic of this week. The 1977... Yes. Underseen, underappreciated, undervalued, the rescuers. Those are all acronyms that I would use for it. Apparently, from what you've texted me and what you said earlier, you don't agree. But I'm just going to tell you straight off the back that I still enjoyed this movie and I cried up a little Mm. bit. I cried a little bit. I think I've just become a bigger bitch as I've grown up as a person. But (laughs) I cried once again at this movie. So, Well... All your descriptors for this movie, I can't agree with. I cannot agree with. Um, I think this movie, The Rescuers from 1977 from Disney Corporation, uh, created by Walt Disney 1920s. I would say that this movie is eh. Eh? Right? Eh? But But it did pick up when I told you it picked up, right? It did pick up, but you told me to pick up, but it was not enough. That's fair. It was not enough, but I will say this to, to counterbalance. The animation is... The, it's not the animation. The animation's... Yeah. It's great. 
the animation is awesome. The mat, the map backgrounds are great. Yeah, the, the, the map things that they have for are great. And I think the only thing that I didn't like as much um, was the, the opening title mat. Um, oh my god! Just because it took too long, it took so fucking long to get through it. Uh, also, the opening scene is so weird. I mean, this is one of those movies where it's like there's nothing to it. Like it just drops you into it, and like. Penny's dropping the bottle over the side, and you're like, I don't even know what the fuck's going on right now. Well, the opening tile card's like, are we watching a TV show? Yeah. Like, what the fuck are we watching? This is like the opening to like a fucking, you know, uh, a classic cartoon opening. It's like the fucking like, cursive writing. Yeah. I'm like, the fuck is this? Um, but I don't... The animation's fine. The people... Everything looks great. It looks great. It's 1977... So maybe I'm just used to modern day animation, but to me the audio mixing is weird in terms of the voices. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be that could be a product of the time I'm assuming, but my biggest issue with this movie, besides it to me just not not being fun to me, just being bo- to me, me finding it personally boring, mm-hmm. was that they they rarely use foley for anything. Yeah, I think that would be a problem too. Yeah, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of. Um... Sound effects, Foley work. Um, I don't know about... I think for me, sound-wise, the thing that I dislike the most about this movie is um, a thing that they tried to force in there, which I really don't think they needed to, because I think for me, this felt like a traditional, like, classic, like, 50s, 40s, like, adventure-type movie. Like, this is definitely going for that. Um, but this was the era of Disney where, like, everything had to have a fucking song and, like, characters had to sing. Yeah. But it's also, like, the – and I, I learned this doing a little bit of research afterwards. But they also had all of their voice actors for here – for this movie, at least the main ones, like, none of them could really sing. And so they wanted to, like, have their cake and eat it, too, where it's, like, they had the voice actors do it. But the person who did the songs – there are undiegetic songs, which I don't like, because they just, like, pop up for, like, no fucking reason. And they're also, like, not that compelling to, like, the overall story in and of itself. Like, especially the opening title song. I was like, what? Why Why not listen yeah. to this? But, um, but they're undiegetic, so there's, like, songs in there. Like, there's literally one point, I think, for me, the thing that made me the most upset is, like, uh, I don't remember exactly where it happens, but it's, like, right after Penny gets caught again and there's like a a complete break in the plot so that you can have this one song that like completely slows down the entire pace of the story up to yeah. that point. To piggyback off that, they, they would, well, they, they'll, they'll go between scenes mm-hmm. and they'll hold the final frame of the scene going to the next transition mm. and the sounds cut out. Yeah. There's no sound for like longer than it needs to be, mm-hmm. and then sound will come rushing back into the next scene. And I know that's not a 1977 thing because uh, Star Wars, yeah. uh, Godfather, five years before that. So I know it's not that. Yeah. It's just poor editing, in, in my opinion. Mm. Um, pacing to me was the, the beginning is so slow and drawn out. It and is very. Slow. I do. You did tell me that when it gets to the pawn shop, it does speed up. It does speed up, but to me, it was it's a personal thing in terms mm-hmm. of the story, the characters I didn't care about. Um, 
even though the art's great and I do like watching the art, the lack of Foley, what they'll do is they'll have scenes where, like, the girl's running through the woods. It's just music. Yeah. So there's no impact. There's no environment. There's no... Um, it seems so shallow because she's running through the running through the woods. They're they're animating the branches hitting her, but there's no yeah. sound of branches breaking. Just music playing. I mean, she's going but through the swamps. Ra- so she should at least be hearing like the squishing of her boot or her feet right. as she's like going. Through the but then, but then they'll cut to a, a, another moment where she's running through water, and then they'll fully the water. I'm like, okay, so you're what are we doing here? Because you're. It, if you're trying to build tension by adding in the water, imagine if you built tension through the entire scene by adding Foley. Yeah. Because then the whole scene is now ramped up in terms of tension. They didn't do that. And to me, that made it seem shallow and kind of hollow. Mm. And to me, that was like really poor, a poor decision, even if it's 1977. They ain't fucking 1950, baby. It's 1977. Yeah. It's old. I mean, at this point, we've had a lot of great movies at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not like we haven't learned lessons about film editing. You know? So to me, it was just so mediocre and i have no context for this no i i haven't seen this movie before this is the first time i've seen yeah. it so i was kind of like let down by what i thought the movie was is not what it was mm-hmm. i think the one kind of bummed i out. think what you thought the movie was is definitely what the second movie is i hope so. the second movie is overall because... a better movie in my opinion uh and it mm-hmm. also i think benefits from like i mean it's 13 13- the, sequ- the sequel to this is 13 years later. So I think it also benefits from, like, yeah. the overall time of, like, those animators, like, growing and learning and, like, perfecting yeah. their craft a lot. Um, so. Uh, I hope so because, I mean, look, man. Like, I like this first one, I... but the second one is definitely, like, my favorite. And it's, like, as far as, like, childhood movies for me, like, The Rest Who Is Down Under is, like, up there, like one of my favorites. Up right. there with like Oliver and Company. Like I love that. I love. That. I mean, I, re- I remember when I was in animation school. There's always a debate about like classic Disney, like what do everyone call it? golden a- golden age Disney? Yeah. The proper term is, excuse me, versus the more modern era of Disney. Mm-hmm. And I always thought there was no fucking question, like. I always forget if it's Little Mermaid or Beauty and the Beast, whatever the whatever movie well, was like Mermaid a symbol was the of, the new era, of the new era, whatever movie, whatever that like that's so cl- clear it's better. Yeah, clear is better. Better songs, better mixing, better attention to detail. Everything is better. Mm. Not even a fucking question. Yeah. The fact that I would rather watch Brave Little Toaster than this fucking movie says wonders about your your animation studio mm. um not that the old movies are bad because people love peter pan people fucking love that shit i get it blah blah yeah. blah right but this is not their finest moment even though i, I saw it made a ton of money it did but but you know what i get it it's 1977 what the fuck else are you gonna do you know what i mean yeah you're gonna fucking go home and watch kojak or some shit i don't, I don't fucking know <laughs> You know what I mean? But, like, it. I was watching it with my girlfriend, mm. and we're sitting there, and we're 30 minutes in, and she goes, are you bored yet? Yeah. Yes, I am. This was, it was so painful. Mm. So, at the last 20 minutes, I had to implement. Okay. Jason's fast forward. Oh, no. So, last I did. 20 the, minutes did, of a 70-minute movie. Yeah, I did Disney Plus... Uh, fast forward 15 seconds 
And I predicted the whole thing. Yeah. Literally, it was like right before they go into the hole, I was like, they're going to go in the hole. The water's going to rise. They're going to find it. Blah, blah, blah. Because they mentioned this all 10 oh, minutes Oh, the plot this. of this movie is like, by the numbers. Like, there's not like... Yeah. Like, like I, I assume for probably in 1977, it was probably a little bit more twisty, but like... Was it, you think? Uh, maybe. Probably not. Not. I don't know. Uh, well, I, I I didn't enjoy this movie at all, um, but I want to say that I tried. Okay. I re- I, well, gave, I, I had open mind. You trying. Yeah, I had open mind, man. I, I went into it hoping that I would like it. Um, I will say, it, I, it, think honestly, I think you would enjoy the second movie a lot better. The thing is, specifically, so, a lot of the yeah. technical complaints that you have is are definitely not there in the in the second movie. So. Right. I mean, I um, as I'm getting older i feel like i'm i you think that people would i would i would care more about old disney movies like, i feel like people get older they, they get more nostalgic for it and i loved i mean as a kid man i had all these on the fucking fat vhs Those tapes fat ass white clamshell the puffy tapes, the puffy ones i i had all that shit Got right it. and i remember as a kid i would rewatch you know all the modern stuff obviously but i would rewatch aristocats so fucking much rewatch <sighs> you know so bambi good, so fucking much. i rewatch all that shit i think the one i rewatched the least was bambi but i yeah the aristocats oh my yeah. god i love the aristocats so much yeah i would just rewatch his his mom dying over and over again no, <laughs> no but uh yeah, aristocats bambi you know all the cl- the old school robin stuff hood. i never watched any of the princess stuff robin hood yeah you know but it makes me feel like I like those in my brain now. But after watching this movie, I'm like, man, maybe if I rewatched those, I'd fucking shit on those too. Maybe, maybe I shit on those movies too. I don't know. I haven't watched Robin Hood in a really long time. I don't know how much it would hold up to current me. Yeah. yeah. Do you think... This is not related to this mm. at all. Do you think if they remade Goofy Movie, they wouldn't make those girls as as sexually attractive as they did in the 1990s. Uh, well, the one was like sexually attractive. Well, the poetry girl in the second one. Oh, well, that's like Goofy's. That's like a older woman. Yeah. Though. The librarian, so, you mean? Whatever the girl in the black in the beginning isn't that, isn't that Max? Isn't that a girl Max likes? Oh no 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 I'm. I was thinking of no, the librarian is different. I, I, you're talking about the one that yeah. the I can't snaps the chubby whoever the chubby one is. Uh, I don't know if she's chubby. Is no, she? no, no, the guy's chubby. Yeah, 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 yeah. his friend. Yeah, because uh, he likes yeah. the poetry girl and she likes him because he is a poetry slam prodigy. Literally, I just type in goofy movie poetry and like autocorrect poetry girl. Yeah, poetry girl automatically. Um. Because in the first movie, what's her name? Like Maxine? Maxine, I believe, yeah. So Max and Maxine, right? I think so. I think it's some. Or am, I, am I completely wrong? No, it's Maxine. Roxanne. 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 That's what it is. Yeah. Um. They're what they would do is they would they would um Lola bunny her. Oh, they would definitely Lola bunny her. I was thinking. I I thought you were talking about the first movie for a second. I thought that they would just make her. Uh, 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 well, they're just gonna make her a feminist, right? I guess, yeah. yeah. Like well, that. they would Lola, Lola, I, um, they would Lola bunny her and make her a feminist. So, yeah, I um, 
I haven't watched Goofy movie in so long. I I don't I watched a Goofy movie. What what's it called? The second one. I watched the second one more than the first one, but really, I watched. Yeah, the first one I, we had the second one on DVD, and my brother was in love with it for some reason. So he would want to watch it like every day. So we always I watched mm. the I've watched the second one way more than I watched the first. Which brother? The young middle or youngest. How what's the age gap between you guys? Four years? Uh, it's two years between each of us. So between me and my youngest and the youngest is four years. Yeah. So you guys were never in high school at the same time, right? No, it was only two of us in high school at a time. See that that to me is so weird because like you, because the second movie came out. I feel like when we were, we weren't super old, but we were definitely. I think it came out when we were in middle when I was in middle school. So let me let me pull up Goofy Movie Two because I feel I know it was when we were no, young. No, 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 never mind. Because that was. That movie was. We had that movie when I still lived in Indiana, so that had to have been like two two thousand. Yeah, so yeah, it was elementary school. Two thousand. Um, for me, it's like I don't even think of that movie because Goofy Movie One is ninety five. Yeah. Right, but I don't have any younger siblings or older siblings, so like I just have whatever my parents gave Mm me, and like. To me, like that's like that came out when I was when I was old enough. To, I feel like when I, when I was, to me, Goofy movie came out when I watched yeah. it. You know what I mean? Which it didn't, obviously. Um, so since you have younger brothers, it's like you're gonna be exposed to shit that's younger than yeah. you. Because you have you have because you're it's around you because you have a brother's four years different different from you, which is not again not a long time, but pop culture it's it's a huge difference. Yeah, my my cup, pop culture was definitely extended. I mean, it's like, you know, biggest thing for me was, like, watching Disney Channel shows, and it was, like, specifically with, like, my younger brother, it was, like, that that age of whatever age he was, where it was, like, Hannah Montana and Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, and those are the only two I can remember. I'm sure there's other ones, but those are the only two I can remember. But it was, like, that area of, like, Disney Channel shows was, like extended to me watching it because he'd want to watch that shit all the time so yeah well it's funny because like you know my girl my girlfriend and i are four years apart mm. so she loves hannah montana yeah. right and like i never watched it i'm like no because she's my age yeah like we're i'm i am the same age as miley cyrus so i'm not gonna watch the show when we're the same age yeah. it's about her we're the same fucking age right so either i'm younger than her watching or i'm older and it's weird yeah like why would I, I'm not gonna watch. So generally speaking, you're younger than the person you're watching. Generally speaking, I would assume, you know, but for you, it'd be like, to me, it'd be like Power Rangers. Yeah. Like your Power Rangers is gonna be this season, but your brother's season will be a different season. Yeah. Because the four years apart. But um, there's random thought there. But yeah, I, I do want to say. Lastly, about this movie, mm. that it sucks, and no one should watch it. <laughs> no one should watch it. I I don't I don't understand. I don't understand. This movie's not good. I think it's clearly <laughs> just nostalgia for me, but um, but I, I I did enjoy it. Um, yeah. I think the biggest thing for me is that um, it kind of hit on like that. Well, the second one definitely hits on it more, but like it kind of hits on that like kid Indiana Jones type of feel with like the sure. adventure. Sure. Um, this one isn't necessarily globe-trotting as much as the second one is. Um, 
But it's definitely like that, you know, getting out of your country space, like going on a trip and like taking an adventure and like, you know, this one is all yeah. about like helping a little girl. So, I mean, it's got that kind of like, you know, feel good story to it that I really, really enjoy. Uh, and her story is so fucking sad. Off, God damn it, dude. It made me cry. <laughs> Uh, I didn't cry. I definitely cried. Um, I was like, she just wants to be loved. She's so yeah. sad. She, you can see she's got she get she drew her supposed parents in her fucking kidnapped yeah. den because that's all. She is she in the second movie? What? She, no, is she in the second movie? movie? Oh, okay. Um, but no, real quick, just to piggyback off what you said in passing, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um. Whenever the next one's coming out, obviously we're going to do Indiana Jones month, but we also have to extend it one more week or however long so we can watch young Indiana Jones. Young Indiana Jones? Yeah, bro. I don't think I've ever seen that. you never seen it? Okay, so young Indiana Jones was a TV show about young Indiana Jones. I mean, I'm down for it already. And it So it's basically was... just... What is it? The Last Crusade? Indy? Um, younger. younger. But I think he's different. Multiple ages. I think he's younger. I've seen it once. But he can't have the hat because he doesn't get the hat until Last Crusade. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like young Indy. Then there's like older Indy. I could be wrong. It's been so long. Okay. But um, I, I'm, th- I'm going off of old shit in my brain. Right, mm-hmm. so to me, at the same time that I would watch Young Indiana Jones reruns and old episodes, was the same time I legitimately thought Wishbone was a good show. Fuck, I forgot about Wishbone. No, Wishbone was not a good show. But as a kid, I liked it a lot. I remember reading the Wishbone books; those were not good. Uh, I never read the books. Never They're the basically books. like a. I mean, it's you know the serialized. They're like a. Magic Treehouse or like Boxcar Children, like that kind of serialized. But his were all based around uh, the mystery thing because he's like the Sherlock Holmes. So, did you ever? Um, oh, real quick, damn. Reading Rainbow? Yes, um, I did. No, I could not stand Reading Rainbow, bro. You didn't like uh, what's his face from Star Trek? I can't remember his name. Um, not I was gonna say Dana. I was gonna say Lavar no, something, uh, but that, I feel like that's racist. Lavar Burton is that Lavar Burton? I'm pretty it sure it's Lavar Burton actually. No, so uh, a couple months ago, like two months ago, there's a pre-order, a toy pre-order for a, a one-six scale, twelve-inch figure of Where's Waldo. Oh. And I was like, yo, I love that. I would get that shit, absolutely. And I was going down the rabbit hole because I haven't read a Where's Waldo book, or no, read, played, whatever you want to call it, in fucking 20 years. Yeah. Right? It's been about so that for me, yeah. I was looking it up. It's a British book. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Is it still going on? The ri- I don't know, but the original title, I think it is, according to Wikipedia, the, original t- the, the British version is called Where's Wally? Huh. And they change it to where's Waldo in North America. Why why do we have to change that? I don't know. I feel why? like Waldo's we more can't... British than Wally. It absolutely is, because we have a Wally, Wally West. Yeah. Why are we changing it to Waldo? I remember the Where's Waldo book that we had was a Where's Waldo Batman. 
Uh, oh, that okay. shit was really cool. I remember when I was a kid, whenever the teacher would be like, all right, go grab a book, people would rush to two books. Mm-hmm. Waldo? Mm-hmm. Where's Waldo? And if you didn't grab Where's Waldo, or if you didn't like Where's Waldo, you went for I Spy. Oh, shit, dude. I Spy? And you're like, you're like, yo, this is my whole reading time right this here. This is baby. all here. I'll, look, I got to find these. I got to find a comb. I got to find two scissors, yeah. and I got to get this shit done. He was like... It's like, I spy Where's Waldo in the Guinness Book for the year. That was the Scholastic Book for every year for me, baby. Getting a new yeah. Guinness Book of World Records. Hell yeah. Yeah. Do they still do that, you think? I should ask my Scholastic? sister. Scholastic? I don't know. Yeah, Probably. The book fair. Or just like ebooks, like PDFs. Uh, I hope not. That'd be kind of sad. Go to the library, to buy the table set out. the Guinness Book of World Records. Ugh. Like you go, you go to the, go to the library. The book tables are all set up in a round circle. The books are all positioned properly. Mm-hmm. Have the little fucking, pa- the little shitty paper pamphlet with the paper books pamphlet on where you can circle. take home and be like, all right, mom, this is what I want to order. And, 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 they, and they would, they would out give like you an envelope of things because why do you do that? Yeah, yeah. They give you an envelope with the things saying what you want. You walk up there, but like, here you go. All right. Yep. And you just hope that they give you Captain Underpants. Yeah, you hope don't. that they let you sneak in Captain Underpants. Yeah, but they don't though. Yeah, I feel like it got. I feel like he got canceled. I feel like. Uh, I don't know. I know that there was like a the same guy made like a different series that had like a dog in it or something like that. I feel like Cat Underpants, the author, got canceled recently. I could be completely wrong. Oh. I don't know. Well, Zach, is there anything else you want to mention about um, the Rescuers, whatever it's called? <laughs> I just want to give the second movie now because I remember liking that movie a lot more. Yeah. I hope I hope I like it, man. I hope yeah, I Yeah, I think you'll like it. Um, well guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Yes. We'll be back we'll be back next week with uh The Rescuers Down Under. Down Under yeah. nineteen ninety. So guys, we'll see you th- oh, real quick, oh. Zach. Last before we th- last before we go. Hmm. I don't know if you saw this, but I want to comment it just briefly. Okay. Uh Last week, we did Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. That's true, we did. Right? And I talked about briefly that, that the guy who plays Colt is on TikTok. Yes. Right? He commented on the Instagram post. What? He was like, oh, I, he's like, I played Colt in the movie. Do I dare watch this? And I, my response was, oh, hey, we mentioned your TikTok. Honestly, we didn't like it as much as when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because I... I my my reaction was like I think he thought that I would be like oh no, don't watch it because we rag on it. I was like no, we didn't like it. As much. I was like no, dude, we didn't like it as much. As... Honestly, it's like I'm you on... know we had better versions of it as kids. So, I but the response was literally like honestly we liked it better as kids. <laughs> and then he never he never responded again. So I I, I swear because I I see him on TikTok and he'll respond to people. That's like, crazy. People will talk shit to him. People will talk to him and talk shit. And he'll like comment back right. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he saw the response that I typed, which was like, "Now nah, we didn't like it," <laughs> you know. Like, do I, he's like, "Do I dare watch this?" Which, to me, that comment, I'm misjudging. The comment of like, I, "I played this character in this movie. Do I dare watch this?" Made it seem like, or do I dare listen? It's almost like you're like, I took it as you're trying to bully me. To be like, like he's trying hey. to bully you, or we're trying to bully him. Uh, he's trying to like. Be like, hey, you talk shit. Here I am. Uh, Do I dare? This, that's how I perceived. It. I have no idea. Obviously, that is not um, the, That I, is not what I originally thought of. 
but I could see that also being what he was. Doing. Because if if you go on his TikTok page, you'll see that he's like he's like an MMA guy, like a fight, he's like a fit martial art guy, right? And he like so he's pretty confrontational people. with people. Uh, if people talk shit, yeah. like being or being jackasses, right? right? Like to him, then yeah, he, he responds to them, but he's never like super duper like shitty, right? Or anything okay. Like that. But like you know, so I took it that way because I think he's probably used to like people being like, "This movie fucking blows," yeah. because it fucking does. And I was like, "No, dude, like it wasn't good. I didn't like it. I didn't like as much as I did." And then no response after that. I was like, "I mean, you can listen to it. I mean, whatever. I mean, you can listen to it, but like you know." If you're expecting us to be like, this is the best Three Ninjas movie, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. I'm hoping, here's what I'm hoping, I'm putting it out there, that he saw my response and was like, okay, this dude is like being real with me. Like, he's saying from the get-go, like, I didn't like it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, I wasn't like trying to kiss ass, be like, oh, well, you know. No, it's not a good movie. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. It still sucks. Yeah. Right? But nostalgia glasses are nostalgia glasses. Yeah. So I just wanted to let you know that on the pod, on the record. Fair enough. That I, I have no idea how he was. It's, it's text. I have no idea. Yeah. Right? But That's I the problem, yeah, with text messaging and comments and all that kind of stuff. It's hard to gain intention. You know, yeah. I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but like, I was almost like, I'm used to being, I'm 28 years old on the internet. Every the internet's toxic, so I'm used to. Pe- I thought I took it as like him being like, huh, "Do I dare listen?" And be like, "Yeah, go ahead." Yeah, dude. go ahead, dude. Yeah, the movie sucks. I'm not saying you suck. I'm saying the movie sucks. But would you feel that way? This, this would you feel that way if you would you tell it the actor to his? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of would. Yeah, I would. Be like, I "Hey, would. dude. Yeah, you're dude. a cool person, but like, would the you movie tell David sucks, Fincher?" Would you tell PTA that the master sucks? I mean, is he asking me? Or am I, I'm not going to walk down the street and be like, hey, PTA, your movie sucks. I'm not going to say that. Yeah. But if I'm in the confines of discussing the master, I'm like, yeah, movie kind of blows. Yeah. Right? I'm not being like super mean. Look, I mean, you're not just going to like track down the Wachowskis, but if they come up to you and be like, hey, did you like Jupiter Sending? Be like, like no, no, not really. And I paid money to see it on opening night. I really didn't Me care about, about Channing Tatum five other people. And it wasn't really something that yeah. like sparked my interest. I really was not listen, a furry, so I didn't really enjoy that. Listen, dude. Me and five people on opening night paid to see that movie. So I can say it sucks. Yeah. I have that right to say that. Right? Uh, listen, Zach. You and me paid money to, to look Besson to see Valerian. That's true. We did. And listen. That movie, that movie was blows. not that good. Movie blows. Yeah. Movie blows. It's no fifth element, so, that's for sure. No, it's not. It's not even a fucking um what's it called? I don't know. I don't know any of it. Not Lefem Nikita. It's not even fucking Run Lola Run. Oh my god. No, not Run Lola Run. That's German. Yeah. Um fucking what's it called? Natalie Portman's in it. V for Vendetta? Fucking No, when she's a kid. Hitman movie. Oh, the professional? The profession, Leon the professional. Leon the professional. Yeah, he made that movie. Uh, well, I want to mention that on the podcast real quick, just to say that. Fair enough. Again, to clarify, I have no idea how he meant it. I just took it like he was trying to like pressure me into like backing down, and I was polite. Feels weird to do that though when we've already recorded the episode, because like even if you back down in the comment, like 
in the episode were like, eh, I'm not gonna take it down. Though. I'm not gonna take it down. Yeah, it still yeah, sucks. Like, it's still the, the worst of the movies. Down. Yeah, I'm not taking it down. I don't care. So, uh, hey guys, that's yeah. that's that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I hope another famous actor sees this and be like, comments. One like, of those famous, famous animators. Back obviously, in the day. this guy. Obviously, this guy's not a famous actor. He's just a guy. Yeah. But like, yeah, fucking like Walt Disney commented. Yeah. I can't believe you talk shit about can't Peter Pan. Shit about the rescuers. Talk about my sound oh, message. Say it to my dude. face, punk. Yeah, fuck off, Walt Disney. I don't give a shit. Uh, okay, guys, bye. See you guys. <laughs>